this is from Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Now Peter and John were, giving, were going up together to the temple complex at the hour of prayer at 3 in the afternoon, and a man who was lame from birth was carried there and placed every day at the temple gate called Beautiful so he could beg from those entering the temple complex. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple complex, he asked for help. Peter, along with John, looked at him intently and said, Look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then, taking him by the right hand, he raised him up, and at once his feet and ankles became strong. So he jumped up, stood, and started to walk. And he entered the temple complex with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Thank you, Mr. Eddie. You guys have a seat. Well, good morning, and uh, happy Father's Day to the dads here. Thank you all for being here, and I uh, hope you guys got some great Father's Day plans today and this beautiful Sunday. Um, also know that, you know, days like this, just like Mother's Day, we talked about a few, like a month ago, that um, sometimes these days come with some context for a lot of us and just ways that, um, you know, life has been hard um, in relation to either your dad and maybe your relationship with him, or uh, maybe you have a dad that's passed, or... Um, or maybe in your, some of you that are dads or have wanted to be dads or whatever that's looked like. I, I just know there's a lot. There's a lot there. Um, so I just want to, man, we, we see that and we acknowledge that. And obviously we can't kind of name and go through all the things. But um, you, know, you know what this day is for you and what it holds for you. You know the joys and you know the, the hurts of this day if there are some. And I just want to say, um, man, Thank you for being here, and thank you for drawing near to the Lord today. I hope that um, I hope today is a day that encourages you wherever you are, men and women. Um, but I do want to say this uh, today. I just felt a, a real conviction from the Lord to let this be a day where um, we encourage and challenge men here, uh, whether you're a dad or not. Um, that that's not relevant. Um, but what is relevant is that. Man, I just believe that there is there's a need. There's a need in the church and there's a need in the kingdom of God for godly men. Of course for godly women, absolutely for godly women uh, as well. But um, today I just want to lift up this call to, to the men in this room. And I, I say men, I, I mean young men, older men, wherever you are in between. I don't care if you're 13 years old in here. If you're in here and you just hear that, what I want you to hear today is, and God's calling you into something. He's inviting you into something. And it's bigger than what our world's definition of manhood, I think, is. Where our world's definition of manhood has all sorts of other little components to it about, you know, just um, being successful and having a great job and making a certain amount of money and whatever that, may, whatever that may look like in the world. What God's calling you into, what God's inviting you into, men, is something so much better than that. And Peter's a great example of this. And that's why I love that we've been walking through Peter's story. We were actually going through these messages uh, many, many weeks ago. Honestly, Father's Day was not on our minds, okay? This day was not like we were thinking about this as we were preparing these messages. It just happens to fall on this day. Um, and really what we see on this day is Peter uh, becoming the man, finally, 
that Jesus always wanted him to be, that God had always called him to be. We've been walking through Peter's story the last several weeks. Week one, we saw him catch this amazing catch of fish and fall down at Jesus' feet and confess sin and be amazed at Jesus. The next week, we saw him walk on water with Jesus and then sink a little bit because he doubted and he's just struggling a little bit with his faith. And, um, and then last week, uh, Pastor Scott got up and he shared about Peter denying Jesus right? Denying that he even knew Jesus. Like clearly Peter is just, he's got struggles in life. Does that sound like anybody you know? Sound like you? Sound like me, right? Like we all have struggles in life. We have struggles in our faith. Men, we have struggles in our manhood, right? We have struggles with just, man, can I really be the man that God's called me to be or can I not? And Peter is no exception to that. But we also saw last week, Jesus reinstate Peter, just kind of bring him back into the fold after Peter had made this denial of Jesus, his savior. Jesus calls him back into the ministry and he says, man, feed my sheep, Peter. Feed my sheep, do the ministry, be the man that I'm calling you to be. And now we turn into the book of Acts. And what we see in the book of Acts, y'all, is a Peter that is just wholly different than the Peter we see in the gospels. I actually believe that Peter's story in and of itself is one of the greatest apologetics that we have about the resurrection of Jesus. And here's why, because the resurrection of Jesus has so changed Peter, right? Like if it's not true, if Jesus didn't really rise from the dead, then why is it that in history, we clearly see a man like Peter whose personality changes almost overnight? That doesn't happen right? Whose passions and whose dreams and whose confidence and whose humility changes in an instant, it seems like. He just becomes this completely different person. Y'all, that doesn't happen if the resurrection of Jesus is not true. And so I love that um, Peter's story, I think, is a great example of how, man, we actually have this, this kind of cool apologetic about Jesus's resurrection because we see Peter's life change. And so we, we see this story, right? And, and Eddie read this, this little story from Acts chapter three, where Peter and John are going up to the temple. They see this guy and Peter heals him, right? Now, Peter has done some miraculous things already before. We, we've seen him walk on water, but he also was able to heal people even in the gospels because Jesus gave him authority to do these things as an apostle, Peter, John, those guys. They, they were given authority to heal just like Jesus healed, to speak just like Jesus spoke and kind of do the things that Jesus did and to usher in now the church age and the kingdom of God. And so we see this amazing story where Peter heals this guy. And I just want to kind of highlight for us a few things about Peter real quick, okay? And in just a minute, we're actually going to have a, uh, an interview with a couple of our church members here. Um, but a couple things about Peter. Number one, Peter is on mission for Christ. And when you hear these things, here's what I want you thinking about. Am I living this kind of life? Have I been so changed by Jesus the way that Peter was changed by Jesus that I'm living this kind of life? Specifically, men, are you living this kind of life? So Peter was on mission for Christ. Are you on mission for Christ, right? Look what it says, uh, chapter three, verses four through six. It says, Peter looked straight at him, this man who was, who was crippled, right? He looked straight at him, as did John. And Peter said, look at us. And so the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. And Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of, the, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Peter's just so intentional, right, to, to look at this man to talk to this man. This is a man that everybody would pass by. And it was probably pretty common practice to give him some change as they went by because that made them feel good as they were entering into the temple. But Peter stops. This dude's on mission now. Peter knows what he's been called to do and who he is as an apostle of Jesus. And so he, he stops, he looks at the man and he gives him what he, and he says, like, I don't have silver or gold, but you know what I have? I have the power of Jesus living in me. 
men, I don't care what you have in this world. If you got the power of Jesus living in you, you got what you need. And you can give people this. You can give this to your family. You can give it to your wife. You can give it to your kids. You can give it to your coworkers. You can give it to your friends. You can give it to your neighbors. And it'll never run out. That's good news, right? If you got that, you're rich. You're richer than anything the world would try to put on you about how rich you should be. You're richer than that if you have the power of Christ living in you. Man, Peter's on mission for Jesus. But the second thing about Peter is that he's humble before Christ, right? So this happens, Peter heals this guy and people start to kind of praise Peter a little bit. And they're, they're looking at Peter going, man, that's amazing that you did this. But look at uh, verses 11 and 12. When the beggar held on to Peter and John and all the people were astonished, and came running to them, right? Came running to Peter and John, uh, to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, listen, men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? And then he basically just tells him, man, God did this. This is not me. This is God. Like that's manliness right there, in my opinion. That's godliness, manliness, right? Because Peter is just sort of deflecting attention off of himself and putting it on Jesus. The world would tell you, men, put the attention on you. You do something awesome, talk about it. Tell people about it. Let people praise you. Let people look at you. Because if that happens, then you can climb the ladder. You can get more successful or whatever. And Peter's just like, man, yeah, I did a thing. But listen, at the end of the day, I know who really did the thing. And it was God. It was Jesus. That's humility. And Peter is humble before Christ. And the third thing, Peter is obedient to Christ. This is what it means to be a man, right? To be a man is to be on mission for Christ, to be humble before Christ, and to be obedient to Christ. In Acts 1.8, Jesus had told Peter and the apostles, you will be my witnesses, right? That's the mission of the book of Acts, that Peter and the apostles are going to be witnesses for Jesus. That's their mission. And so look what happens in Acts 3, 13 through 16. Verses 13 through 16 says this, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified your servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and ask that a murderer be released to you. This is Peter preaching, right? He says, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Peter's obedience to Christ. Jesus told him, you know what your mission is, Peter? Go be my witness. And what does he say in that little message right there? He said, Jesus rose from the dead. Y'all killed him. He's talking to the people in Jerusalem, right? Y'all handed him over to death. Y'all killed him. Jesus is risen from the dead and we are witnesses of this fact. He's just being obedient. He's doing exactly what Jesus called him to do. You wanna be a man, men? You wanna be a godly man? Be obedient to Jesus. Be on mission for Jesus. Be humble before Jesus and be obedient to Jesus. Man, what would it look like if we were a church full of men and women? But men, what would it look like if we were a church full of men that looked like that? On mission for Jesus, humble before Jesus, obedient to Jesus in all that we do. Man, there are so many men in this room that are that. And I'm so grateful for the men in this church that are living their lives for Christ 
already. None of us are doing it perfectly, right? I mean, none of us are all the way there. None, and Peter wasn't all the way there. Peter has his struggles too. But man, just to kind of step forward every day, trusting Jesus, following Jesus, being on mission for Jesus. Um, so on that note, I actually want to invite up uh, Jason Bigham and Matt Mosley. They're going to come on up here with me just for a few minutes. And um, they're going to share a little bit of their stories with you guys. And I just wanted them to come on up. Yeah, you guys can come on up. I just wanted them to come on up today because I, I know these guys a little bit and have just kind of gotten to know them and their stories some. And again, these guys are not up here because they're perfect. These guys are not up here because they're um, 100% like the example of being a godly man. Neither am I, neither are any of you. But these guys are up here because they're trying, right? And they're walking with the Lord and they're seeking him out. And I've, I've seen that in y'all. So uh, welcome, Matt, Jason, welcome guys. Um, so Matt, I'm going to start y'all. This is Matt Mosley. This is Jason Bigham. And uh, Matt, I'm going to start with you. And we're going to actually kind of hear two different sides of things from both of their stories. Um, Jason's going to talk a little bit more about fatherhood and being a dad. Uh, Matt's going to talk a little bit more about kind of how he grew up and then what changed in his life with God bringing men into his life. So Matt, I'm going to start with you. Um, if you would, just share with us a little bit. Just start with your childhood and uh, what male role models looked like in your childhood. So uh, growing up, I didn't have a whole lot of positive um, male role models in my life. Um, my dad was, uh, in and out of prison most of my life. And, um, uh, and my brother, you know, was probably the biggest, he, he became the biggest drug dealer in Rockdale County, but that was probably my first, I, I guess you could call him a mentor, but it was, you know, you know, street yeah, mentor. Right. Uh, he ended up going to prison as well. Um, and God will use this guys using this, you know, uh, as, as part of the walk. Um, but, uh, I would have other male influences on my life, but most of them guys were, you know, uh, you know, definitely of the world, you know, they were drug dealers, uh, you know, pimps, players, hustlers, you know, they, they were, they are, um, you know, we, we call them OGs, man, but they, they ran the neighborhoods, you know, and they, the advice they gave me, I think probably helped keep me alive, you know, uh, you know, don't, if you get caught, you don't talk or you're not going to talk much longer. But the, the advice they gave definitely wasn't uh, life-giving, life-giving in the abundance. Yeah, not the godliest advice, not the godliest male influences maybe in your life, right? Um, and listen, that may be a lot of your story, right? Just maybe growing up without a godly male influence. But how did God change that? What, what did God do to kind of bring some men into your life at some point? So uh, I definitely opened, uh, I opened up my heart to to the Lord, and um, I, but I, I never went to church. I never, I never came to church, so I didn't really know how this all is supposed to happen, yeah. you know. Uh, but they, we had growth groups going on, and one month to live was going on. So my wife and I, we signed up, and in in that growth group, it challenged you to live every day like you had one month to live. And uh, I knew that if I had one month, one week, one day, I would be the guy on the cross next to Jesus, begging him to remember me. And I felt it was really phony for me to live any other way. If I knew that, if I know that I'm going to, you know, it's my last day, I'm, I'm chasing that. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I definitely dedicated my life. I was baptized here. And um, uh, later on, I, I remember being in a service, and um, uh, they mentioned that um, a gentleman was going to come and talk about mentorship. Or he was just going to come. It was a guest speaker. It was on Saturday. My wife elbowed me, and uh, that's when I realized it's it's a that was a good choice for me to go and do that. Wives sometimes a godly elbow <laughs> is helpful, right? It's good. Yes. So, good. Um, but uh, yeah. So I, 
I went there, and in there, he, he, he challenged us to pray for a mentor. So I didn't even know what that looked like, but I did it. I, I prayed for a mentor. I had started serving with the uh, tech team here. We were, I was helping run sound. And I think I had talked to Chris Hodges maybe twice prior to that. And I don't know, just one morning, I just felt led. I was like, hey, man, I know you don't know me, but will you mentor me? And yeah. he, he, like, took a breath. He was like, I'll pray about that. And then yeah. he, you know, talked to me the next day. He told me yes. So Chris walked with me for three years. Um, mm. And um, no man is perfect, but I needed that. I needed someone to show me how to walk. I, I, I did not know how to do this. Um, we went through, uh, Francis Chan's crazy love together. Mm -hmm. We went through David Platt's radical. Uh, we went through some other spiritual warfare books. We went through a lot of new Testament books and, uh, we read Psalms, Proverbs, we read some old Testament books, but, um, I didn't prior to that, you know, if he wouldn't opened up his heart and would have been willing to do that, I don't know that I'm a that I'm where I'm at now without that. Yeah, absolutely. Mentorship, right? Having somebody come alongside you, do life with you, step up and just say, hey, yeah, I'll help you out. And I'm sure Chris, by the way, Chris Hodges used to lead worship here. And um, man, what a, what a gift, right? Just to have a man now who would go, look, I'm not your dad, but I'll be your brother, right? And I'll walk with you along. So talk about, just fast forward a little bit, um, just to wrap up your part is um, just right now, like as you look back on those times, like as a kid growing up without maybe that male person to kind of help you and mentor you, and then having somebody like Chris come along and other men in your life that have helped you out. How is that now? How has God used that now in your life to where you're at now, just leading your family, lead, being the man of God that he's calling you to be? So, you know, and my prayers now are, God, you know, lead men to me. If you want me to lead other men, you want me to be a mentor, you know, lead them to me. And, and I've opened my heart up to that. I've, I've accepted that challenge. Um, but I'm also, um, you know, the Lord's writing a book through me. So he's using my testimony and the awesome. other things that are going on. The chapter I'm in right now is on mentorship. And that's, you know, it's yeah. crazy. This is all coming up. But uh, and then um, uh, also I'm working on my, my second uh, album. Uh, I do Christian hip hop music. And uh, I'm, I've um, I'm getting into uh, prison ministry, which kind of plagued my mm. life. Yeah. Uh, wow. You know, so um, the Lord's using, you know, what I went through, and, and it's, it's his story, you know? It's yeah. just, I'm just, I'm just a blank page that he's writing on, and I'm, I'm willing. I think opening up my heart and just being willing, yeah. I think that's, he's using that. That's huge, man. Just being willing, right? And so, look, I hope some of y'all heard a part of that story and just heard, um, one, if you maybe need a mentor, reach out. Let, let me know. Let, let Scott England know. Let one of us know if we can help you with that and kind of connect you with somebody. Or if you can be a mentor, you might not be a dad. That's okay. You can be a, a sort of a Christian dad, a godly dad to somebody else. Help them walk in the Lord and then just being willing, right, to follow him where you're at. So Jason, um, I want you to share a little bit as well, man, just more on the fatherhood side of things. Um, we want to hear from you about kind of two, the two sides of that coin. Um, first, just share with us a little bit, kind of before you were intentional about following the Lord maybe, and how your fatherhood looked at that point in life. Well, I'd say that um, I struggle with having patience, you know. Um, I struggle with anger. I'm short, snappy. Um, also struggle with um, just trusting in the Lord and following his plan. You know, I can be yeah. a control freak sometimes, and I don't want to let go and trust. I always want to know what's going to happen, and so it's tough for me to, you know, to, to have faith. Um, and the struggle with leading, with leading my family, um, uh, it's not natural for me to, 
to be a, a, a follower of Christ. And so, you know, that's what I struggle with. Yeah, man, I think so many of us in this room could probably relate to that. Probably every man in this, man in this room could relate to not having patience all the time, yeah. maybe being angry. Um, Peter can relate to that. I think that sounds a lot like him too, um, struggling with who we are and even identity. I kind of hear that in there and I hear that in your story as well. Um, but man, so Jason, talk to us a little bit more about um, just, because I've seen, I mean, I, I don't know you like all the way through and through, but I mean, I've seen your story. I've seen your life. I see your family. I know how you lead your family. Um, and it's been encouraging to me. So talk a little bit about that. Just what has God done in your life over the past, maybe, I don't know, 10 years or so to draw you to himself? And how has that helped you as a dad? Well, I'd say it's, it's helped me by, um, it's helped me create discipline to get into the word on a daily basis. That, yeah. that has definitely helped. Um, uh, it helps me uh, that I'm able to communicate to my kids and teach them that how their words can affect other people. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I've gotten better leader for my family. You know, right. we do family prayer, we, we come to church, things like that. Yeah. Man, just seeing you, like I said, and really both you guys and so many men in here, just seeing how y'all lead your families, drawing them near to the Lord, helping them draw near to the Lord and bringing your families to church. And there's actually, I don't know if y'all have heard a stat like this, but um, statistically, um, now again, please hear my heart on this. This is not to disparage women leaders at all, because women, if you are the leader of your family, be the leader of your family. You need to be. Somebody needs to be. Um, but in families where the, the mom is the primary leader of the family and the dad's not doing it, um, those children are about 30% likely to grow up and continue in faith. And in families where the dad is doing it, it's over 80%, right? Like that's a big difference. And that's not to say women shouldn't. It's just to say men need to, right? Like men need to step up and help and, and, and lead and pray over their families and lead them in the word and all those kinds of things. And man, I'm seeing that from you guys because of what the Lord's done in y'all, the way that he worked in Peter too. So parting shot here would just be this for both of y'all. Matt, you can go first. Um, just one piece of advice. If you give a piece of advice to the men here, who just any man here who wants to be a more godly man, what would you say? So really, uh, kind of like two things. I hate to do that, but uh, <laughs> well, but I would say uh, just be available, right? Yeah. Just, you know, we, we put on these growth groups. We just got finished with Better Man. That was fantastic. Right. I got to meet a lot of people that I, I don't think I've had a long conversation with, and it's just accountability partners just keep adding to my life and and we need that this is not a this is not a a sport you can do alone you know you need that and then two would be i would just challenge you the way i was challenged pray for a mentor or pray to be a mentoree yeah that's so good jason yeah i'd like tag along with that yeah. and that better man group is you know i went through that same thing too but um my advice would be um I say this to my kids, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you are in the wrong room. You need to surround yourself with, um, or if you want to be a godly father, then you need to surround yourself with other godly men. So change your room. Go into a different room and surround yourself with godly men. Get connected, um, join a growth group, and it was like we did. We did Better Man. It was excellent. So good, yeah. Being around men who are maybe already where you want to be right? And, and being able to see their example and follow, follow them. Room. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. Thank y'all so much. You, you guys give them a hand um, for sharing. Thank you guys. You can leave that right there. It's fine. Um, yeah. And look, obviously, you know, we didn't have time for them to share either one of them to share really all of their stories. Um, and there's so many other men in this room who could be up here as well and just share bits of your story and what God has done in you and how he's, he's worked through you. Um, but here's the point. 
God is so good to us. He's so faithful to us, so kind to us. And he was to Peter. And Peter was a man that, as you look through his story in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you see this guy, Peter. He's arrogant a lot of times, kind of boastful, kind of proud of himself. He's a little bit of a hothead. Had anger issues, impatience. But he also struggles with doubt, struggles with insecurity. You know what I see when I see Peter? I see a man who honestly struggles with his identity. You know what I see when I see Peter? I see me. And if you really read his story, you probably see yourself, men and women. I mean, you can see this in Peter when you read about him and just think, man, I'm not all the way who I want to be and who I know God is calling me to be. I'm just not there yet. And that's okay because God's patient with us and he leads us. And again, last, last week where we just see Jesus reinstate Peter. And how amazing is it that that one simple thing, that one simple little story from last week, if you weren't here, it's John uh, chapter 20, 21, where Jesus just brings Peter back in after he denied Christ. And he asks him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter confesses that he does and Jesus just sends him out. And now in Acts, Peter has become maybe the greatest preacher the world has ever seen. The, the leader, he was called the prince of the apostles, the leader of the early church, bringing thousands of people to the Lord, preaching Jesus and healing people. And then when we go to Acts chapter four, here's what we see, that Peter is so confident in Christ. He is so confident in Jesus. And I just want you to think again about the story where Peter denies Christ the story right before Jesus dies where Peter is following him and he's in the courtyard and Jesus is being put on trial. Jesus is on trial. Peter's in the courtyard. And they start asking him. The first person that asks him is just, it's a little slave girl, right? Which is so crazy because in that culture, one, females, you just didn't have rights or power of any kind. So Peter had no reason to be afraid of a girl, for one thing, okay? I'm just, that's just the way the culture was. And two, she was a slave. You want to talk about literally the lowest person on the totem pole was a slave girl. A slave girl walks up to Peter and says, hey, aren't you one of Jesus' followers? And he's scared of her and says, no, I'm not. He has no confidence. He has no courage. Think about that, Peter, when you hear this story um, from Acts 4, 12 and 13. So Peter and John are taken, they're arrested, and they're put on trial before the Sanhedrin the same people that Jesus was on trial before. Now it's Peter on trial. And here's Peter's confession before all of them. Uh, Acts 4 verse 12, it says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to which men must be saved. Right? Like Peter, the guy who denied even knowing Jesus, now stands trial before those same people. And it's not a slave girl. It's the most powerful people in Jerusalem asking him who he's doing. Why is he doing this? Why are you like the way you are? Why do you keep preaching? Why are you healing people? And he goes, it's because of Jesus, right? He's so confident in him now because Jesus changed him, changed everything about him. And he just wants to be the man that Jesus always was calling him to be. And then here's what it says about this, about Peter, when they looked at Peter, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. 
they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They didn't take note. When they were thinking about Peter and John and looking at their courage and looking at their confidence, they didn't notice how much money they had, how much power they had, how famous they were, what their lives looked like in a worldly sense. You know what they noticed and we'll know what they knew about them? They were with Jesus. Men in this room, what do you want people to notice about you? What do you want them to know about you? When people think about your life, when people consider you and who you are and the way that you talk and the way that you treat people, listen, the way that you treat your family, the way that you treat your neighbors or your coworkers or your classmates, the way that you treat strangers, the way that you treat the waitress at the restaurant. When people see you and see how you live your life, what do they notice about you? There's all sorts of things we could want people to notice about us. And I hope people would know about me that I've been with Jesus. And I hope that they would know that about you, men. And again, yes, women, children, students, whoever you are in this room, I hope that that's true of all of us. But doggone it, I just think it's time that that be true of men in this church. That's what I want. That's what I pray for. That we would step up and let it be known that we have been with Jesus. Y'all, courage, the courage that Peter had, it comes from confidence in Jesus. And you know where confidence comes from? Being with Jesus. That's where your confidence in him comes from. So man, Jason nailed it. Spend every day in God's word. If you have a family, you have a wife, kids, lead them in God's word. Ephesians 5 tells husbands to wash your wives in the water of the word. What it tells you to do. And bring your children up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That's his word. Do it every day. If you don't have a wife and kids, do that for yourself or do that with people that you do have in your life, your friends, and have godly men, other men, other people in your life that you can look at and emulate your life after and follow their example. Please step up and stand up and start being the person that God has called you to be, just like Peter. Not perfect, but just willing, like Matt said, just being willing and being available to say, yes, God, I'll, I'll do what you're leading me to do. So here's what we're going to do. Scott uh, England's going to come back up and just um, kind of lead us in a time of just prayer here. And we're going to end our time just praying. And here's what I want to do. We're going to have kind of have two different times of prayer this morning. And the first is um, really for all of us in this room, everybody in this room. Um, and there are so many things. Look, I'm, I'm not going to put a box around this time, honestly. I'm not going to tell you what exactly to pray for or what. Obviously, you know your needs and you know what you need to be praying for. But I, I would say, like, here's, here's one parameter about it. Would you ask the Lord to draw you close to Jesus? Just like Peter and John, they were close with Jesus. They knew Jesus. They had walked with Jesus. You and I can be close with him. And so maybe that's, that's kind of what you need to sort of shape your prayers around this morning. God, I just want to be close to you. I want to be close to your son. I want to draw near to you in whatever way that looks. And you kind of know the, the situations there and you know what, what context there is for your own life. So we're going to start with that. So let's just, let's just stay there for a minute. That's for everybody in this room that you just pray, let me draw near to Jesus. Let me grow in godliness. Let me be the person God is calling me to be. 
So you can pray right there at your seats. I also, listen, if you want to come down here and pray, I'm available. I'll be down here to pray with anybody. Anybody on the prayer team, if you want to come down here and pray with anybody as well. So listen, if you need to stand up and walk down and just ask somebody to pray specifically for you, I'd love to do that. So we're going to do this for five minutes or so just to let you guys pray that you would draw near to Jesus, be close with him in your faith and be the person God's calling you to be. And then I'll come back up and I'll lead us in the second part of our prayer. Hey, if you're still praying, keep praying. Just keep on praying. (laughs) It's okay. I'm going to pray over us all. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for today. Thank you for calling us as men to step up and step out in faith. And God, I pray that you would lead us, lead these men to be godly men. Lead these men to love your word. Lead these men to love their wives and children if they have wives and children. Lead these men to love your church. Lead these men to lead other men, to love other men, to be brothers together. God, let us be faithful to you. Let us trust in you. Let us seek after you. Let us humble ourselves before you and honor you, God, as the men that you've called us to be. God, let us be unashamed and unafraid to be witnesses for Christ in this world. Whatever the the case may be, whatever shame it may bring us in a worldly sense, whatever loss it may cost us, that we would give our lives to you and your kingdom because that's manhood. Really, that's personhood. You created us to be like this, to follow you with our whole hearts. And so I pray that for these men. I pray that for these women. I pray that for these families. Thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, before we go, real quick, Travis, come here. Uh, Y'all, this is Travis asking. Some of y'all know Travis got baptized a couple of weeks ago, and he just walked up to me, and he was like, before everybody leaves, can I just encourage the guys in here? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's do that. So, um, yeah, go ahead, bud. Hello. (laughs) I just want to say something to all the men in the room. Um, I know we've talked about it a lot already, but the Better Man program, if you're struggling with any aspect in your life uh, as a man, especially at your home, um, I just really encourage all of you to go through it. Um, it changed my life. Um, Matt Mosley, he was just up here with, with the, uh, Kurt doing the interview. Um, he, uh, he was my mentor. And now after going through that program, Dalton, Dalton was kind of the head of that program. And, uh, he, he told us in the very beginning that if you come out of here with nothing else, you go through the 10 weeks and you'll come out with at least a friend. And I came out of there with at least 10 friends. And, I asked those guys, you know, if I don't show up at church, just text me like, hey, man, where you at? You know, everything all right. And I got 10 guys. If I don't show up for church, that'll that'll text my, they'll blow my phone up. You know, like, hey, man, you all right? Everything going on? You know, what's going on? Um, you know, and and it, is, it was it was an amazing experience. So I, I encourage every single one of you. And I know that everybody, every man in this room has struggles in their life. So, I mean, whether you'd want to admit it or not, but um it's just it's well worth the time so um i encourage everybody to everybody everybody to go through it um i know they're going to do another one in the fall um in fact i've only been through it once i'm going to be a table leader the next time around um they're talking about doing a second part but i just strongly encourage it because it's definitely changed my life it continues to change my life my wife notices it my kids notice it um i i can't say enough good things about it so um just strongly encourage it so that's all, that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it.
You're welcome. All right, y'all. Hey, listen, that's it. And honestly, um, yeah, thank y'all for being here today. Thank you for, um, man, thank you for standing and being bold. Everybody else, thank you for praying for them. And let's continue that. All right, and let's be the men, man. Let's be the men that God's called us to be. If you didn't get a donut, dads, go get a donut. Y'all have a great Sunday. Love you guys.